What's up and welcome to the Invincibly Broken Podcast, a weekly talk show hosted by your boys, Orlando and Julian, talking about today's society, their family lives, and anything they damn well please. So sit back, relax, turn up the volume, and enjoy the show. I know you and I sit around and we talk a lot about what we're going to do for the podcast as far as content creation and and stuff like that. And we have obviously kind of moved into a different direction for our podcast based on not only what our listener feedback has been, but also our feedback to each other. Right. Because we've talked before about how this podcast has also been very therapeutic for us. Right. And we've talked about a lot of important issues that some people have difficulty talking about. And I got myself thinking about um, a particular topic, something that I think goes through a lot of people's minds, you know, during good times, bad times, maybe, you know, as, as, as different things come into your life, maybe you're getting married, you're having children, buying a house dealing with illness so a lot of different things and i thought i really wanted to chit chat and get your opinion about the importance of hope and fear okay and interesting juxtaposition with that with uh hope and fear very yin and yang you know um okay so let me ask you a question with that Mm -hmm. what are we talking about when we talk i mean hope obviously that's that's a no-brainer but when 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 you're talking about fear are you talking about like um just general fear or are you talking about something like maybe somebody has like some sort of irrational fear or like somebody wake you know some somebody might their irrational fear is that you know uh a midget is going to come with a screwdriver and steal his asshole through his belly button. I mean, that's a pretty irrational fear. How we talk about those kinds of fears? Pretty specific, right? That is. Really, I'm sorry, a little person. That is really scary. I would hate to be. I would hate to be chased by a little person with a screwdriver. Anyway, now I know what your irrational fear is, Julian. Fear can be really dangerous and i think i and i'd like to talk about how i think hope can be can be dangerous as well just as good but i think fear is also healthy for people right so i mean if you really think about it both hope and fear are are great motivators and they both have the capacity to promote growth in all of us like as an individual as individuals and it creates like hope creates this space like in your mind and a heart that something is going to happen but then fear is kind of the opposite, right? It actually can restrict us, but you could learn a lot from those fears 
if it doesn't become irrational or consumes you. Yeah, no, and uh, I agree. I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, you know, like the old saying is, you know, uh, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of those things that comes in, into mind. And yeah, um, and, and yes, they both can be very, very uh, positive. And then they both can be very, very negative. So, it's just so that we need to have that balance of each. So let's talk about that. What is that, what is that saying? mean to you hope for the best prepare for the worst because i'm sure not only have you heard it probably a thousand times in your life growing up i'm sure that you've given that advice to people in the past oh absolutely and and i've said in 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 a joking manner i've said it in you know uh more serious you know a one way that i say in a very comedic fashion maybe you know hope for the best but you know i mean uh but prepare for the worst is you know I hope I'm going to win the lotto when I buy this ticket, but I think I'm going to be prepared to be working for a few more years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm preparing for the worst. Um, you know, also we tend to whenever uh, we're dealing, and again, to one of our um, previous episodes, when we're dealing with uh, mortality, let's say we, we know somebody who is sick, mm-hmm. maybe terminally, Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still that hopes, but at the end of the day, you still want to prepare for what's going to happen or what may happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess in this one, it's not so much about hope and fear, but it's more like hoping, but preparing for the fear that's going to come up because it's a very, or at least preparing yourself as to not let the fear cripple you. So which, which do you think is imp- more important? Do you think one is more important than the other? Is, is hope more important than fear? I'm really no, interested I in th- your... I think, I think it's, a, it's a balance. Uh, and when I mean a balance, I'm talking a literal balance, you know, a fulcrum in the middle and they mm-hmm. both sway back and forth. It just kind of depends on the situation. Because, I mean, if you're extremely hopeful, if something doesn't happen, like if you're hoping that you get this job, but you are not selected for the job and somebody else is, that is a crushing, crushing feeling, okay? And maybe you kind of were putting all your eggs in that basket. You were hoping and, you know, things were going to be a lot better because you were hoping that you were going to get this job and now all of a sudden you don't get this job and now um, it's a very debilitating feeling because now you're like, ah, shit, what do I do now? And, And you can actually... Um, get stuck there for a moment while you, you know, while you gather yourself up again. And then uh, fear is, yeah, you fear. I mean, it can be, but it's because usually me personally, fear comes with the unknown. That's why Mm -hmm. a lot of people, people have our fear with the unknown. That's where fear to me uh, uh, lies is is in the unknown because I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm fearful for it. Or I don't know what this consequence is going to be. I'm fearful for it. But, you know, that's why you kind of prepare yourself for it. So that's why I think it's that balance. It just kind of depends on what the situation brings to you. Because if you have too much hope, it could be a bad thing. Obviously, if you have too much fear, it's, it could be. But also, if you have no fear at all, that's also a very bad thing. Yeah, and, and, and I agree. It, 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 is, it should be a balance, right? So before we kind of talk about a little bit about 
the balance issue, I kind of want to talk about the extreme issues, right? So obviously you, you joked around about um, exaggerated fears, right? Something that probably will never happen. You know, uh, I'm going to leave midgets and little people out of my example. But when you have extreme fears that you don't learn from, so it could be something like, like we'll just take heights. That's easy, right? So you have a, 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 a deafening fear for heights, but as some people, it consumes them, right? Like they don't want to, I mean, it could be six feet up or I, I've actually known somebody who was afraid to walk upstairs that were too, too high because they actually fear, have fear. And similar to claustrophobia and stuff like that, those are actual phobias. But some people, like, I think I see this a lot in parenting that are just like helicopter parents because they think that something's going to happen to their kid every 30 seconds. Mm. And they're like, no, 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 don't, don't stand there. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. And you, you may be pushing that fear onto somebody else, presumably your child. But it's okay. It's okay to be afraid and to have fear because I think fear is a very under underestimated motivator in life right we all do things because we're motivated by fear and it's to me it's always been really interesting because you know a lot of people say i am not i'm like people who say they're not scared of anything and display zero fear scare the shit out of me More, more, more times than none there's they're sociopaths it's good to have a healthy fear right because you have to respect things it's like owning a motorcycle, right? Motorcycles are a beautiful piece of machinery. Um, you know, you can have a lot of fun on a bike and it's, it's a lot of fun to ride a bike, but you have to have a healthy fear of what that bike represents, the raw power, how fast you go, because there's a possibility that you'll fall and you can get seriously injured or die. But does that stop you from riding the bike? No, you try to master the craft of riding the bike and or anything for that matter whether it's you know water sports or rock climbing like for me gun ownership gun owner gun ownership it's something that a lot of people fear but most of the time people who fear those like you said it's the fear of the unknown not understanding what it is to own a firearm and the purposes of them or how to use one like for me personally, I won't jump out of an airplane. I've been invited a hundred times to go skydiving. It's just not going to happen. You screwed him. Yeah, well, I want to um, do that. Go I, ahead. I want to do it so bad. Send me the video. I'll bring you with me. No. I'll bring you with you. No, it's not happening. Don't get you drunk. No, that's definitely not going to happen then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, okay, before we go off, but yes, uh, I, you brought up an excellent point about how um, I, I do honestly feel that a lot of the things that are especially success-oriented, success-motivated, uh, are also very largely fear-motivated. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it, not everybody says, oh, I'm afraid of failure. I mean, most people say, I don't want to fail. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's that want, that longing, that, 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 work ethic that yeah there's going to be failure i mean the road to success is not a straight line but there's that it's that respect 
for that fear, I think is absolutely. More, I mean, it, because the more that you respect that fear, it becomes, it, it's still going to be that fear, but it becomes manageable. Absolutely. It's like, you know, if you grew up impoverished, right? Like, you know, if you did not come from a very wealthy background, like for instance, like my parents, you know, I was not dirt poor, but you know, my parents worked really hard for everything they had. And we by far were not rich or middle-class. And as I got older and I saw how the sacrifices that my parents made, I always had this healthy fear of not amounting to anything. And maybe it was respect for my parents for all the sacrifices they've made. Maybe it's just me as an individual was just scared of failure. I didn't want to have to worry about where my next meal was coming from. I didn't want to, when I had, when I had, when, when I was going to have children, I want to make sure my kids had everything that I didn't have and more. And I've always used that myself as to motivate me to continue to progress in my career and in my life. I want to say that probably about 99.998% of the population feels the same way. Mm -hmm. Uh, At least the the ones are decent people, you know, Um, and, and want to be contributors to society feel the same way. Um, and, and yeah, no, it, 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 there is that bit of fear, but just like I said, I think with fear, um, there has to be that respect towards that fear because once some, once you have that respect for it, now you could better prepare for it. And if, and, and, and again, it's just like I said, when you get your hopes too high, but you don't prepare for that unknown, um, and that hope is, is shattered or you know it's that that the rug is pulled from underneath you and you haven't prepared for that little unknown or shown that little bit of fear that little bit of respect that you're like okay well let me have plan b uh you know let me have an exit strategy for this and all you did was just place your hope on hope and and don't respect that little bit of fear and don't prepare for it, then that's when you end up in a very precarious situation where, you know, you might not know how to react or, you know, and it can lead down to, you know, negative paths. Absolutely. And then, uh, and then, and then fear is always crazy because fear really just gets you questioning, right? Like what can go wrong? How, what, what can I hurt myself or others? How, you know, like maybe I'll make the same mistake twice, right? Because we've talked about mm. that before. Um, yes. You know, making that same mistake twice, you know, <clears throat> maybe it could lead you to a lot of different apprehensions, specific, maybe a lot of times within work and even like like personal relationships, right? Because like maybe you dated a douchebag or, 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 um, I don't know, what do you call bad women? Because I can't say twat waffle. A twat waffle. <laughs> a C word. Can't say a C word. So maybe you've dated, uh, maybe you've dated a douchebag or a C word female, and you're worried that you might fall into that trap again. And and you you're very you're fearful of new relationships because you don't want to get caught up in what you had in the past. And that could be very that could be very detrimental to a relationship, right? Because you're, you're almost setting it up for failure because you're thinking that the 
other person might do this. So you're like, it, you know, innocent before proven guilty, right? You don't trust them. Uh, you are suspicious about their activity. Uh, you read in between the lines. So maybe he didn't text you right away. Or maybe he didn't get a chance to call you right after work. Oh, he's doing something else or she's doing something else. Does he really like me? Does she really like me? You know, things like that. And it's not healthy. It's not healthy and it's not fair for the other individual, but it's definitely not healthy for you as as the person. Yeah, no. And I'll tell you, I've, you know, (laughs) take it from a man who's been married three times. Uh, Yeah, I've 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 fallen in, you know to that pitfall of wondering, you know, okay, is this person, you know, I I have a little bit of common sense and I think I'm a person of relative intelligence Mm -hmm. and I have gone over it and things like that. But especially when you're younger, you know, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, whenever you have, I think whenever you've had a bad split in a relationship and I'm not just talking about a romantic relationship, this could go to anything. Mm -hmm. Let's say you had a really shitty job and you said, you know what? I quit this place. This place sucks. And you go to another job. Well, you're still going to bring some of that negativity, some of that fear, some of that unknown to this new place. If you don't learn how to curb that and say, okay, I'm starting fresh. I'm starting new. Let's start from zero. If you're bringing all that stuff from all the other place, well, then you're just going to keep going into this revolution of just shitty jobs. And the job might not be shitty. Mm-hmm. You just might have a very shitty attitude and it's spoiling or it's tainting <laughs> i said taint um the new job <laughs> i had to break it i had to break up that you're good you're good don't dump it <laughs> <laughs> so but then on the flip side right then you have the hopeful and hope and i always find the p i find the it, we're talking about extremes right we're talking about the extreme part of the fear and then we're talking now we're talking about the extreme the extreme of being hopeful now i want to say that i'm a very positive person and i really think that you as an individual control your life right if you think you can do it it could be done obviously there's some limitations with things like you have to work you have to put work ethic and you have to put hard work into things you have to you know be willing to go the extra mile whatever the case may be but there is such thing as being way too hopeful or hoping for something that just will never happen right let's go back to the relationship right we just talked about um that fear of of being in the same relationship you could be over, you could be overly hopeful that that bad relationship is going to turn good and that you will hope that they change and holding on to hope sometimes is is dangerous just as it is it is as essential in life to have hope because as 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 humans we hold on we we hold on to both of these hope and fear but we really try to keep positive mindsets and sometimes it's to me it, there's such thing as false positivity oh yeah fake it till you make it yeah. i mean fake the funk I, I do it all the time and and it's and and i think i kind of sum up with you uh what you were saying with the hope yes because you know everybody says you got to keep hope alive hold on to hope keep ho- you know hold on to hope yeah hold on to hope there's nothing wrong with that just don't hang off of it yeah absolutely you got to know when to let it go right you have to know when to let it go being hopeful sometimes has people living false lives 
Yes. Right? Yes. Like pe- too much hope is 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 a blind. Yeah. And 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 I, I get it. Like see people see these life coaches on TV, the power of positivity, you know, you control your destiny, and they're making millions of dollars of just shoving shit down your throat so that way you can try to emulate what's worked for them. And I see people like, especially on social media, man, like the, the quote, the quoter, right? The person that has to mm. put a quote for everything that they do in life, you know, and I can't even read them all, but sometimes, and then my favorite is when they put a quote on there that has nothing to do with what's going on in their life. But then they put this persona that they are this positive being of energy and centered and their life is going amazing but then when you meet them in real life or you call them and you ask them they're they're a fucking mess a a hot fucking mess a hot mess and you know i i'm all about action right like if if you want things to happen action it's good to plan but you gotta you gotta do right you gotta be a doer in order to get somewhere in life so i always think it's funny like those overly hopeful people that are like, you know, or they're like, Oh, I hope this happens. Or, Oh, I hope this happens. Or, and you can find this in any, in any aspect, right? Like the people who are, who are very spiritual, um, people who, um, are not spiritual. They just hang off of positive vibes and hope. You can find this in any, any, any human. That and and I feel like I also feel like I see I don't know about you and I, and I'd love to hear your point of view, Julian. But like I feel like aside of all the crazy bullshit that's going on in the world right now, right? Because I think this is probably the most uh, this is the lowest morale point of our country ever in probably history since probably the first world war. But as far as overly hopeful, I feel like social media has really made people everybody feel like they can have a certain life because they're trying to emulate other people's lives that makes sense in these really turbulent times that we are living i i've noticed that um social media has become that really shitty friend that's nothing but positivity Mm -hmm. and only tells you the positive like no you could do anything that you want yes no that's not good enough for you're not good enough for that person or you're not good enough for that Mm -hmm. because you are wonderful you're can do anything that you put your mindset to it and i'm like you're a shitty friend yeah yeah absolutely and then and then you can make the case on the other side right because now everybody's everybody's life is being motivated by fear yeah right and then the, and then the thing is like right now yeah i mean things are pretty shitty and yeah hold on to the hope but just like i said hold on to hope just don't hang off of it yeah it's funny you ever hear the story of the drowning man uh it's a it's I a i was raised in miami so you're just gonna have to be a little bit more specific <laughs> when we're talking about somebody drowning okay so the johnny man it's a it's a it's a actually a biblical like a it's like a religious story it's a biblical story it's kind of a humorous humorous story of god but anyway the story goes there's a that there's a there's a flood right and that there's a man stuck on the roof of his house and he's praying to God the, for someone to help him, right? So soon, shortly after he prays, 
a man, a man in a rowboat comes by and sees him on the roof and he says, hey, jump in, I'll save you. And the guy on the roof is like, no, it's okay. I'm praying to God. He's going to save me. I'm hopeful of this. So the guy believes, moves on. So then a little shortly while, guy on the roof is still praying. Shortly a little while later, a motorboat comes by and the, the people in the boat are like, hey, jump in. We'll save you. And the stranded man again says, look, no, thank you. I'm praying to God and he is going to save me. I have faith. The, boat, the guy in the motorboat left. Then a helicopter comes by, hovers right above the guy who's stranded, and he said, hey, grab the rope. We'll get you out of there ASAP. The guy who's stranded again says, no, no, no. I've been praying. I've been praying this whole time. God is going to save me. So the helicopter flies away. Shortly after the helicopter leaves, water levels begin to rise, and the man in the rooftop drowned. He died. The guy in the rooftop was a really good guy because he goes to heaven. And he has the opportunity to confront God about the situation that he was in. And he's like, yo, what's up? I prayed to you this whole time and I had faith and I had hope that you were going to come and save my life. And yeah, bitch. And I gave, sent you two boats and a helicopter. You didn't do shit. Exactly. Exactly. And this, I learned this story when I was like a kid in like vacation Bible school. And it's always stuck with me because it's a good, it's a good story, but it also plays a lot in life. And, you know, I come from a very Christian background, right? And I have my own thoughts about faith and religion and stuff like that. But it's no different than, you know, we'll, we'll use when, when I was sick, right? When I was diagnosed with cancer, you know, I, I did. I, I tried to find myself in my faith as much as possible and I prayed, but I wasn't sitting there waiting for God to heal me himself, right? Because I was waiting. So I went to doctors. I did radioactive treatment. I had to go on specialized diets. I had surgery. All those things were in place. Can you just imagine if I would have been like, no, 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 no. I'm hopeful that, that the hand of God is going to heal me. If, if you are a person of faith, you know that people were sent into your life to help you. You have to use the tools that are given to you. And a lot of people sometimes forget that tools don't have to be an inanimate object that you can use to open a door with or break a, down a wall. Tools can be people right the the uh, people come into your lives for specific reasons i truly believe that but um you know i think it's a that's a good example of of extreme hope or faith in in something i think at that point we're now uh, just like we initially spoke about irrational fears mm-hmm. now this which is one extreme and now this extreme is blind faith and blind hope mm-hmm. um i would think is is that extreme so I asked her the question earlier about, okay, we're talking about hope and fear, hope, self-explanatory fear. And I asked you if it was generalized or something like something irrational. Um, so is there something, whether it's irrational or just a general, is there something that 
you're afraid of. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I shared with you guys in the podcast that when I was going through um, depression, one of the things that I could never get out of my mind was dying. I think it's natural for people to have a fear of death, right? I mean, we all know that one day our ticket's going to get punched and we're not going to be on this earth anymore. But, you know, I was, I'm still young and I was a young man then. And it just, I, I couldn't escape me. Like I, you know, I had all this, I have all this life to live and I've always just thought about dying. And then it wasn't even like what was going to happen to me. It, my fear was what was going to happen to everybody else because I wasn't here. And it might, that might sound a little, I guess, conceited that people's lives would be disrupted because I wasn't around. But, you know, I mean, I, I was leaving, I was leaving a wife and two children, um, you know, my mom, my brother, like, I feel like I'm very, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ingrained into their lives. Obviously I know that I would be devastated if God forbid anything ever happened to them. But I think that was, that's one of my, that was one of my biggest fears that, became irrational i don't really think about it as much anymore how about you you know growing up uh, my brother was always the you know the athlete the athletic one the good looking one mm-hmm. you know i was always the the geeky nerdy one and you know i like i'll put it out there man i'm a smart dude i'm i have a actually fairly high iq um but my biggest so growing up being the nerd, you know, mm-hmm. I was very I isolated myself, very introverted. You know this. Mm-hmm. My biggest fear is actually my own my own mind is my own fear because my own mind is my biggest enemy. So is a fear of mine that I have to always keep in check. Only because now add the fact that you know I've I've suffered from depression, it just kind of gave it a shot of you know steroids because mm-hmm. now definitely my mind um if i'm not careful it d- d- definitely becomes my worst enemy now i've never had a suicidal ideation i've never thought about oh my god you know the, the world is better off without me or anything like that you know have i wanted to punch people in the throat absolutely but i think that's a natural you know mm-hmm. inclination mm-hmm. when somebody's being stupid but you know i've never wanted to just either harm myself or uh other people but um, my mind is plays horrible pranks on me. It's a shitty roommate. Like because of my own mind, I cannot watch horror movies. I can't. Interesting. Because I know that is fake. Mm-hmm. I know that it's even the ones I say based on a true story and all this shit. But I know it's fake. But the moment that I go to sleep, all that fake shit becomes very real in my mind. So, but then you could also on, so since we are friends and I do know a lot about your personal life, but then on the same foot, you can say that hope is kind of the equalizer in this, right? Because you know that you're you're hopeful that one, that you're going to be able to overcome whatever fears that you have or fears that have generated because of your, because of battles with mental health. Well, actually. You know, if I could just kind of roll it back and peel it back a little bit mm-hmm. more, my fear is is my mind, yes, but it's the irrational mind. Because since I am a very calculated person, 
I think I overthink things mm-hmm. a lot. You know, I'm not very impulsive. My fear is that my rational mind is not going to win over the irrational mind. Mm-hmm. So case in point, you know, I was a paramedic, you know, I worked in EMS for some time. Um, this goes to the, the whole thing about PTSD, having PTSD. There's certain smells, there's certain sounds, there's certain anything that will trigger my memories um, from very traumatic experiences as a paramedic. Um, so, and it's always revolves around, you know, that thing in between my ginormous ears, mm-hmm. you know, my brain and my mind. So uh, those are things that I, I have to constantly do things to just kind of keep it in check. And again, fear it, but respect it also and, yeah. and hope it's not gonna you know run amok yeah so i think uh, another good example of both right of both having hope and fear and why i don't think one is more important than the other that it's good to have a healthy balance i think you said it you said it best in the beginning of the podcast that you know you gotta it's 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 almost it's very like yin and yang you know where there's light there's always a little bit of darkness and where there's darkness there's always going to be a little light and you know, I think is the truth with hope and fear. So I've shared on in before that I have a six-year-old daughter who's autistic, right? And this is something that is for for me has been a challenge. And if you're if you're listening and you're a parent, I know you already could vibe with me on this because you want your children to have the best possible life, right? And if you grew up being a neurotypical person and you've never had experience with working with um, people who are autistic or special needs, you can be very ignorant to what life looks like because you didn't go through some of these struggles that, that they would possibly go through. And I recognize that. So I, my biggest fear is that my daughter won't have a normal life and that she will be bullied and that she will always have to be codependent on somebody else. And that destroys me on the inside. But at the same time, I'm very hopeful that my daughter is going to have a good life and that nobody is going to bully her as long as I'm standing on this earth at least. And no one's going to bully her and that she's going to have a, a great successful life without the need of other people. And why do I think like this? And, you know, because it's very contradictory, right? Like I'm, I just gave you the same examples on, uh, but one on the bad side, one on the good side. We send Sophia to, to, to therapy every day, eight hours a day. And, you know, we send her to school she gets interacted with speech therapy, behavioral therapy. Um, my daughter is nonverbal. And, you know, I am hopeful because we've seen positive results, you know, and sometimes we see negative results. And then I go right back into that fear. But it's my fear that motivates me to give my daughter everything possible and every option possible so that way she has. So that someday she can live a perfectly normal, productive life. And as I go through these therapies and I see the results is what fills my heart with hope. Because one, I have faith that she will get better. And 
and and two we're putting the effort in now so that way she has a better life i need to have that healthy fear so i can remain vigilant for my daughter and be her advocate because without fear i won't know what else is out there or what other people might be doing or how other people prey on individuals with special needs because unfortunately that's the type of world we live in so it the fear helps me stay motivated helps me stay vigilant for my daughter but the hope is what keeps me from going into a dark place and it keeps me from you know thinking of the what ifs right like what if this happens what if that happens she can't tell me if someone touches her she can't tell me you know what um what this is she doesn't understand you know all those things that you're that my mind has gone plenty of times in her short existence that you know it's my hope that in my faith that keeps me positive and keeps me going strong and keeps me always looking for what we can do is there you know a new doctor is there a new form of therapy are is there certain technologies that we can use to heighten um or uh, help her with with bridging the gap of communication so that i think is a good example and that's something that i live every day and it's something that literally i have to balance myself you know no one's going to help me with that regardless of the therapies and and the other people that are in her life that help with it it's still something that i personally have to battle with you got to have a healthy balance of both i have hope that my daughter will have a very healthy productive life and that she will develop a full vocabulary so that way she'll be able to communicate and be able to meet people and have friends and 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 talk to me and talk to her mother and and her brother and but at the same time it's the fear that that of the what ifs of what that doesn't happen that keeps me vigilant to continue to provide help her find those type of services and therapies and technologies that are going to help her push through in the future as you were kind of looking i mean uh, explain to me about um you know what your fear is you know especially talking about sophia i just kind of thought about that and i th- i was thinking about the beginning of uh, the show when you were asking me, when you asked if like one is more important than the other one and, you know, kind of like towards that. And then, you know, obviously I was thinking about, yeah, it's got to be a balance, but then I really was, was kind of thinking. So even though, yes, we got to have an equal balance of both or not necessarily find a, a balance. It's more like a rhythm mm-hmm. between the two. I would say it's more, um, it, gives the analogy a little bit more justice but i was just thinking about them individually and i was really thinking that hope is a passive function Mm -hmm. and fear is a forceful or more or more specifically a forcing function preach it brother go on okay so what do i mean by by so when you hang on to hope when you're when you have the hope you're you're saying oh i hope this happens or it doesn't happen and it's kind of passive mm-hmm. there's no real meat behind it it's 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 a concept but when you're talking about the fear it is very underlined because you are fearing something okay and then when i mean by a forcing function is that that fear whether you know however you use it it's going to force you to act in a certain way. So fear is a forcing function. Mm -hmm. And then 
what I think that we all need to, you know, just kind of try and, and when finding that rhythm between these two functions, we need to try and find that dial in that rhythm with the fear where the forcing function is going to force us. Okay. I have a fear of failure, so I'm going to work hard. Absolutely. I'm going to work smart. Okay. Um, I have a fear of, you know, whatever, you know, I, I have a fear of heights. Mm -hmm. Okay. Maybe instead of taking the elevator, I'll just take the steps one at a time, mm -hmm. very slowly. Um, you know, it's, it's forcing you yeah. to do something. Well, and in, in the positive, in the negative, um, I have this fear of that because my last relationship was just a complete fucking shit show. I'm afraid that my next relationship is going to be the same way because, you know, uh, you know, in this case, us talking about your relationships, women, because you f I feel that women are all the same no matter what. So now I fear that, I'm, that every single relationship I'm going to be is going to be the exact same way or I'm just not going to go into another relationship and deny myself that happiness of, so either way you look at it is a fortune. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, Franklin Roosevelt has a very famous quote that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And fear can legitimately consume you and your mind. And, it could play tricks on you and it can beat you down. Like, especially if you're going, you know, it could do that for someone who has good mental health, you know, think about it. Like athletes probably go through this all the time. People who, you know, people who have, who are successful that have to try to maintain that success probably have a good, healthy fear and, and, and get, and it gets to them, you know, of always trying to, keep that perfect image or, 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 or in sports, that perfect streak of whatever they're doing, fear can, it, it can absolutely consume you. It can really get you into some dark places. And when I, when I was going through my depression, I feared what other people would think of me if they found out, right. Uh, that I was having these type of thoughts and that I was depressed. You know, I would hope all the time that no one would ask or no one would call me out. You know, it was something that I battled all the time. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a happy go lucky guy. I'm very confident. I'm very peppy. I'm very motivating. It took a lot of energy for me to fake it all the time, just so everybody else would feel better. I was just, you know, it, it just ate me up inside, you know, and it's, and it's exhausting. It's absolutely it, exhausting. It's, it's completely taxing. And and now we're we're talking about like fear and a little bit more. I want to say, well, yeah, kind of extreme events. But I mean, even fear it, can but, be something. But is but it? But is it extreme? Fear can be. No, I mean, I mean, it depends on. I guess who. I mean, if you're going me, through. I, I, no, no. But what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is mm -hmm. no. Not that I'm saying that the fear was an extreme fear. No, it was an extreme fear. It was very valid. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is the example that was going is, is maybe I shouldn't say extreme is in, instead of, you know, uh, upper management, you know, middle management, mm -hmm. it was more like an upper management, mm -hmm. a higher echelon, okay. if you will. Okay. But what I'm saying is fear, even if it's something for 10 seconds can be very crippling. If it's something that like, uh, I'll give you an example, my wife, 
I said it when I met. She's kind of ghetto, and and it turns me on because she's not dainty. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, she will she will punch you in the face, and more than likely will stab you in the ribs. <laughs> but let her see a but let her see a spider. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, no, but I, it's true though. I mean, yeah, let her see her spider, and my name is being called in the middle of the night to go take care of the fucking spider. <laughs> Because they don't bother me. Okay, and she but, hopes that you wake up. <laughs> yeah, she hopes that I wake up because there's been a couple of times I'm like, fuck, man. <laughs> but you know, it's snoring too loud. Yeah, I didn't hear you. It's, it's, I mean, you know, you gotta. It's, it's definitely it's crippling. It, it's, it's crippling. crippling. Absolutely. I mean, you it's like, crippling. For, especially if you're going through a lot of. When you're going through these type of issues with mental health and maybe you're battling depression or anxiety, what the number one thing that people say that they feel is feel the being alone, right? And you have this fear of people finding out because you you know people are gonna you think people are gonna judge you. And probably you're right. You know, a lot of people who don't know anything about it will judge you or will give you some niceties or make or feel pity, but I think, or form their own opinion. Or form their own opinion. And then, you know, you also have, but people don't realize this is why it's important and why we advocate for people to talk about it, right? Because you have to find hope that you're going to get better and that there's light at the end of the tunnel, right? Just in all darkness, there's always a glimmer of, of light, a glimmer of hope, right? So, and you just got to find it. And sometimes, you know, I don't know, Julian, when, I don't know, like, if you, when you were a kid, were you ever, like, afraid of the dark or anything like that? Yeah. I think it's natural for most kids, but, like, I don't know, you know, I don't know, were you, I don't know if you were ever a Boy Scout when you came down south and stuff like that. I mean, I was a Boy Scout, and the story I have is remembering one time hiking at night when I was a kid um, during, during a camping trip, and... Band camp? Uh, no, no, I did not stick any flutes in any orifices of my body, but um, just didn't want to disappoint you. But, you know, I was camping and we always used to do these night hikes, right? And then we used to play manhunt, right, at night with the other kids in the troop. And, you know, and like an idiot, because I wasn't prepared, I didn't change the batteries from my flashlight before my last camping trip. And, mm. you know, we're playing manhunt. I go deep in the, fo- the, the, the forest and I'm hiding. And then I, no, one, no one's finding me. And then my, my, my flashlight dies, right? And the, the overwhelming fear that took over me, because it was a dark night, very, very cloudy, couldn't see any stars, no moonshine, nothing. And I literally had to take my best guess of where I thought camp was and try to walk in that direction. I tried screaming for help and nobody came. So I was like, fuck, I, wa- I ran too far. And I got nervous. I was like 11, maybe 12 years old. And I got started getting scared or whatever. But, you know, I, I knew that I had to get somewhere. Right. And I remember, I, man, I'll never forget. I probably was lost for like maybe 15 minutes. But it was scary. And I remember seeing a flashlight. Like real quick. Like you, like someone was moving it across the, the, the trees. And I saw it. Man, and I fixated on where that light was. And I just started walking towards it. 
running. Well, let's be for real. I, I was hauling ass. I ran towards the light. But, you know, every time I would see the light pop up again, I'd start moving in that direction. And I mean, I was running full to, it probably took me about like six minutes to reach. But after a while, I started seeing all the flashlights because now they were looking for me because I wasn't, I'd never showed up when after the game, when you're fearful of something, regardless of what it is, whether it has to do with mental health or something going on in your life, that you have to see the light at the end of the tunnel. You have to see the hope that you have to reach for and keep that positive mentality that everything is going to be okay. It might take a little bit of hard work and dedication. It might, it might take a lot of lumps and retries. You might, it might, you might be embattled for a long time trying to overcome whatever it is that you're fearful of, but you have to hang on to that hope. So, you know, it's very important that you have to find the balance. And I think, I think leaning on the side of hope is probably what everybody wants to do, right? Because everybody wants to be hopeful that something happens and keep that positive attitude. You have to respect the fear. You can't just be dependent on the hope. I mean, yes. you can't have one without the other. You I mean, it's, it's literally, you cannot have one without the other. You know, I'm a, you know, you and I are big movie buffs. I keep thinking of Eddie Murphy and a vampire in Brooklyn when he takes over the, the minister and he goes, if every day was a sunny day, well, what's a sunny day? Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. Exactly. You got to have one without the other. What's, and, and, and like I said, you, you, you just got to kind of find that, that rhythm between the two and, you know, have that, that, that dance. I know. And, you know, you always got to, you know, just like you said, you know, light and dark, you know, always remember the darkness will always yield to light. Damn right. Punch that, punch that darkness in the mouth. Yeah, you definitely brought up some good points, Julian. It's, I think it's something that, you know, like I said earlier, like I just found myself thinking about this because of some of the conversations that we've had um, over the, over the last few weeks and on our podcast. And I think it was really important because, you know, a lot of times I don't know about you. I know that you and I, we, 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 we read a lot of our listeners' comments, but we also have personal conversations with some of our friends and our listeners. And, you know, they applaud us for being brave and confident to have these conversations. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of fear when we come up with these topics to talk about. And we really rely, we're very hopeful that people will, not look at us any different, right? Because we're putting our personal lives out there. We're, we're talking about things that sometimes other people will ridicule you for, right? They make fun of you. They'll bully you over and stuff like that. So I thought that what we've been doing and the direction that we have been taking with our own content, this would be a good a good topic, you know, and I thought, and I, and I think we proved it right. Like we were able to really have a good chit chat about why hope and fear are severely damaging on its own, but together they're just as equally as important. I, I definitely agree. Um, and like I said, these are very therapeutic. Um, I don't know, just, you know, hopefully it's not to like pat ourselves on the back or anything like, uh, um, but you know, th there's a lot of angst in these episodes. Yeah, absolutely, it is. It's true. It's true. It's uh, it's definitely we dump a lot yeah, in post. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but um, but yeah. So you know, I think it's a good stopping point for today's episode. Um, listen, if you guys have any thoughts on hope and fear, please let us know. Go to our website, invinciblybroken.com. 
drop a comment in our blog. Let us know what you think. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to our newsletter. We're, we're working on some stuff to keep you guys informed of what's coming up in the future of the Invincibly Broken podcast. Please, if you have an opportunity, subscribe to the podcast. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to podcasts, hit the subscribe button, give us a like, that, and not only listen, download, whatever you got to do, but if you want to help us out, subscribe to the podcast. It'd be greatly appreciated. You can also follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Invincibly Broken. And if you want to follow me personally, you can look me up, Invincibly underscore Orlando. And you can follow me at Invincibly underscore Julian. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Invincibly Broken podcast. Till next week. Bye. Good night. <laughs>